0: Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we are on part two of our series where it's basically Courtney through Glue. Anyway, go back. This is a reminder that this is the second part of a two part series. If you want more context, please go back to the first part. But yeah, Before we jump right into things, as a reminder, if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. We're also on YouTube, so go ahead and send us a comment and a like and a subscribe and a bell and a... All the other things that robots need that give them like sexual powers, I guess. I don't know how it works. Uh, We're also on Twitter at Let's World Build. And I'm not going to say it's anything else but Twitter. So we're on Twitter over at Let's World Build. We've also got a Discord if you want to come and chat with us on Discord. That'd probably be a little bit more appropriate if you want a direct question asked. Or if you want to come share your own world. You don't need us to build it. You just want to chat about it. That's fine, too. Come and join our Discord. That's what it's there for. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous, uh, like our submitter, Glue X, longtime patron, longtime friend of the show, one Glue X, then you can go to our Patreon and give us money as a thank you, or just because you're feeling generous today. You know, I mean, you get good stuff out of it too. Too hot for broadcast, you get two episodes for your prompts instead of one. Uh the the aphid lounge, right? A fabulous monthly podcast where we talk a little bit more outside of just world building. Like it's it's a nice chill vibe overall. And with all of that out of the way, let's dive right back into our prompt. Last time we left off, we had a twist, and the twist was someone is manipulating everything from behind the scenes, and it's not who you expect. So Courtney. Why don't you go ahead and start us off by reconc helping us reconcile the twist with this one? What were you thinking? Who is behind this dastardly time tachyon crystal world that we've got going on here? That's also got a world war and children's soldier. Again, Courtney, you wrote that. Okay, but anyway, what is or who is behind everything? What do you got?
1: Uh I still don't quite know. So I, I struggled with this one because it felt like we already established a pretty complex uh, scope last time with like the child lich, time traveler, gerontocracy yeah. that's in control of everything.
0: Yeah. Tachyon liches. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. 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 So I didn't fully flesh it out, but my general idea was that there's there's some sort of additional manipulation going on by way of telepathy uh, through radio waves. Uh, Because the magic involves seeing and manipulating waves on the electromagnetic spectrum. And like one thought that I had that I'm not positive about yet, but we could flip this whole thing and have it be that now a child or a group of children has realized what's going on with the Child Lich Council and Mm. they know that they can't actively attack them. So instead they're like sending subtle telepathic messages to the council trying to keep them from continuing this war. Oh, that's cool. Dooming everything.
0: No, that that's, that's actually really interesting. So I'm going to be real with you guys. I like you, Courtney, I really struggled with this concept. So in my note, <laughs> I wrote space whales question mark. Um, so I, yeah, I think <laughs> that the second concept that you have here is is a lot stronger. Daniel, what did you have? Did you come in with a strong concept or did you have like sexy goblins circled in your notes? What do we got here?
2: The the last thing that Courtney said um, about the war, uh, can mean the war going, um, made me think of kind of a 1984 situation. Mm -hmm. And so my thought is you know, we have this obvious villain in the tachyonic, glitch people, children, whatever. um they're also in the background so not really obvious like they're secretive Mm -hmm. but there was a gerontocracy Mm -hmm. and i assume they have some connection not some awareness of them so i thought perhaps there was a motivation to keep the war going and i would imagine maybe it has to do with the property or the ownership of the property which are these children and people who benefited from it so i thought maybe there's a class of um you know, instructors or people within the military that stand to benefit from this continuing on. Mm. And maybe they have, oh. they, they're influencing the way the institution of training children is set up and keeping mm. it going, mm-hmm. you know, so they're manipulating both. They're giving the gerontocracy what it needs because it has its own goals. Right. And they're also um, raising the children and controlling them. And in the way they're in the middle and it's as long as it continues, they have their jobs and their their mission.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's really good. Like, yeah, the the engine of war is absolutely mm-hmm. a great way to look at this, like a Raytheon or like, yeah. a, you know, war industrial complex type of situation going on. That's a that's a really interesting way of looking at it, Daniel. Yeah,
1: yeah, I like that because it it fleshes out the setting more. Because like yeah. you said, the liches do have the. Like they want to keep getting this tachyonic stuff to continue their own power, but mm-hmm. um, everybody else involved, this gives them a motivation too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It also feels like you actually give some power back to the adults, right? Because like in our previous episode, we kind of did like make it all about the kids and all about like the liches and stuff like that. And this mm-hmm. at least allows for like, I, I mean, there's an inherent faction involved with that, right? that, There's now a genuine power struggle and you can see why that particular faction might actually have power within this world as well. And their motivations are clear. Yeah. All that works really well. Damn. Um, So it's not space whales, I guess is what I'm trying to get at here.
1: (laughs) But but I mean, that was your reconciliation. So we've got to include it somehow, right?
0: I said space whales question mark. And Uh frankly, the question mark is an open interpretation of, Dear God, please, my brain is melting out of my eyes, you know, mm. like that kind of thing.
2: I wonder if if you take it metaphorically like you're saying, perhaps mm-hmm. space whales equate to the unknown machine. <laughs> we have these machines that were built, okay. right? By, the, by <laughs> the military that have an esoteric purpose. Perhaps they are factor into.
0: Yeah. I just want to say God bless my co-hosts for taking my <laughs> dumb shit idea and taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. This is the level of professionalism and creativity that I envy and adore in them. So like just take take a moment, everyone who's listening and appreciate this level. Okay.
1: But I was thinking too like, yeah, similarly, maybe there are things that have been constructed in space that are. Like sending certain waves down to the planet that's doing something. Oh, your
2: satellite! Like you're talking about the radio waves mm-hmm. thing. Perhaps it's yeah. in a satellite. Oh, so uh-huh. when we say
0: space whales, we're actually talking about like ships, like spaceships. Call
2: it W H A L E in a cap, right? <laughs> the military <laughs> calls it the whale, right? But uh-huh. it's a satellite that does go. something. Like you're like you were saying with the radio waves. Maybe this inner government faction that's kind of keeping the war going uses this in some way.
1: Oh, and. So maybe like the group that I talked about or like the single kid that I talked about, they figure out a way to like hack into it or something. Because yeah. like, I had mm. imagined that they were just kind of on the ground, like sending these uh, long range radio waves. Yeah. But mm. if they could somehow get it into like a literal satellite, that would certainly be more effective.
2: It could be an acronym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An
0: acronym that we will not satisfy. So make it up on your own folks.
2: Um, yeah,
0: no, I actually, okay. That actually sounds really cool. I, and I'm also now thinking of like, can you do something like an orbital like cannon, but mm-hmm. using like tachyonic crystals or something like that? Cause that yeah. to me sounds like apocalyptic, right? Like if the whale actually becomes operational and you are able to focus tachyonic energy through something like an orbital spaceship, like, that sounds like whoever controls that controls the world to me
1: yeah the idea of a I tachyonic
2: kind of figure out i'm in the background
1: <laughs> i knew it,
2: I, Give can it
0: to hear chat, you, <laughs> I can literally hear daniel <laughs> like typing shit it's like all right we're gonna do it and i'm like god damn it that's what I'm doing. sorry to, yeah. to uh, of Courtney. of course that's what you're doing
1: so the just the idea of a tachyonic Orbital Cannon is horrifying. Horrifying, <laughs> right? Damage that it could do. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and I'm like especially cuz when when I kind of reveal my faction later on, I'm like thinking about like we didn't really get into the the war tech enough in my mm-hmm. opinion, right? Uh because, you know, Daniel's tenet was like this is technology that has the ability to manipulate time, right? So, well, it was a mixture between us, but still uh like and so, like, I wanted to get a little bit more into that. And frankly, my faction pivots nicely into um, the idea that there is like a secret kind of uh, industrial complex going on. So, mm-hmm. if y'all don't mind, I think I'm actually going to step in, especially because Daniel is distracted perfect. making his mm-hmm. uh, his whale. Yeah. Acronym, right.
2: I mean, that does sound like a perfect uh, segue. But yes, I am working on my uh,
0: <laughs> my whale. <laughs> no, okay. So this is this is what I've got right. I was thinking that I uh, similarly I'm like there's got to be some like kind of big war council or some kind of like weapons developer manufacturer or something like that. And I also imagine okay I'm I'm getting too far out of myself. Here's the concept that I'm running with thus far. There is a group of children who are failed experiments, right? Essentially what happened is there was an experiment to see if they could somehow get older people or, you know, people who have lost their ability to use magic and like transport them back in time so they could be old enough to to like have a liaison who can communicate, but young enough so they can still be amongst the younger kids, right? What ended up happening is this organization fucked up a bunch of kids and have basically created um, like a Groundhog Day situation almost where imagine that you you as a person are stuck in a fixed point of time. So stuff will change around you, and you mm-hmm. always revert to a certain age and mindset and stuff like that. And this inevitably will either drive people mad or create a situation where they stop taking reality seriously and so either way it makes them incredibly dangerous and that's basically what i've got like these were failed ambassadors to the youngers and now like they've just gone completely a uh what do y'all think about my failed military experiment
2: are they um are they like still used by the government's capacity or are they like renegades
0: I think that would end up happening is that they're like oh we're going to control them and then that failed almost immediately mm-hmm. and so what's happened since is that they're still trying to and I think that's why the faction keeps growing is that they're still trying to perfect that technology right like this time we're going to get it we're really close this time and they try and they're trying to revert people to the child state
2: is the goal of the project Ex- exactly, exactly and they're a failure yeah. of that interesting okay yeah I mean I like the concept yes yeah. Yeah. What,
0: what I think is interesting is the like being stuck in a fixed point in time in your life, like in reverting to that over and over again, like a groundhog day situation, but not quite like a groundhog day situation, you know?
1: Yeah. I like that. And like, what did you picture as their kind of current role in the world? The ones who had been experimented Mm on. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be real with you. Yeah. Uh,
0: They are chaos agents. They are (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. you could have some of them be like more lucid. You can have some of them be completely out of control Uh, Their initial role, I kind of imagine them as like matrons or like enforcers of the adult's will. Like it's their attempt at creating order amongst children. Uh, So I imagine that some of them have or perhaps most of them have fascistic tendencies towards that. Like I'm the boss of you. You need to listen to what I say. That kind of thing. Um, But again, because they've effectively become unmoored from time and reality, some of them have just broken entirely from that.
2: I could see um, the creation of a splinter cell um, that maybe at one time was well, maybe part of this project. And it's led by one of these chaos agents. And, you know, they're like a, a radical faction in the military that the military is trying to stop but they mm. like, you know, like a small cell that has this particular task, but it's no longer beholden to anyone. Right. So maybe there, I can see this chaos agent trying to gather kids who they can pluck away from the program mm. and then cultivate in their own way because they no longer believe in the project. So
0: like a black mm. ops team that's gone rogue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is actually quite interesting. I, I'm, I'm digging that concept quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then their motivations could be all over the place yeah exactly exactly and and that's that's kind of what I'm interested in as well is like like I'm very tired of the trope of like there's the barbarian tribe or the the you know out of control like in borderlands right they're like just the psychers and the mutants and stuff like that. I wanted a faction that was inherently dangerous, but I didn't want them to just be like mindless goons like I wanted something interesting about them but I also wanted something that's like yo, they're fucking dangerous you don't go in that territory type of thing, you know.
1: I wonder if um, their potential ultimate goal relates to the uh, whale acronym that Daniel's creating, like that orbital (laughs) acionic laser thing.
0: You know, I I left them vague enough to like have their motivations not really be clear. So, yeah, I'm down with something like that for sure.
1: Yeah. Like if this person is in the military, has the knowledge that that exists and potentially how to get to it. And like, Mm. I mean, they're not probably the most mentally stable. Yeah, Uh, given what they've gone through and like I could see them wanting revenge on the people that did this to them, or maybe they Mm. want to create more people like them. And what better way to do both of those things than with a tachyonic orbital Mm. weapon?
0: Oh, I inflict my suffering on everyone because that's the only thing I know. Like, oh, if I'm going to be stuck in a fixed point in time, everyone else is going to be stuck in that fixed point in time like that kind of thing. Right.
1: Yeah, it could be something like that. It could also, as you're saying that, thinking like, what if they think using that will fix them? But oh yeah, it, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. probably won't.
2: Well, if we if we zoom out for a second, like, the what is this war about, right? So like, there's we don't really know, right? We we haven't really defined what the war is about. There's a sure. war that happens, yeah. and it might just be arbitrary and totally constructed, kind of like the Iraq War, right? So there's an ongoing war that's happening, and we have kids who, um. What's their power? I forget how that works.
1: It's like kind of chronomancy and also stuff on the electromagnetic spectrum. It's like a blend. Right.
0: So from what I remember, you introduced the idea that they're using like machinery, right? Right. Ancient machinery through tachyonic crystals is what we ended up going with. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're the only ones who can control it. Correct. And Courtney's tenet was they can see on the electromagnetic spectrum, which gives Mm -hmm. them the ability to manipulate these tachyonic crystals and then my tenant suggested that as they get older their ability to see these fields gets
2: weaker until they can no longer see it right so the older they get they they lose their ability to see things now right. we, i guess we haven't defined like what does the war get out of having these kids at their disposal i know they can uh, freeze mm-hmm. sections of uh, locations with these time bombs sort of things because they're mm-hmm. using the machines to do that right mm-hmm. I think the answer to what does this whale do, and how do the um, the chaos agent kids what do they want has to do with what do they get out of the war? Mm. We know that the, ger- the geriatric tachyonic glitches are <laughs> aging; they are able to age backwards, right? That's how that works.
1: Or kind of retain their like child brain, yes. even though they're even though they're aging? old. Yeah, yes. okay. right.
2: So and they and they're about trying to keep things in stasis, but they have some nefarious intention. I think we need to answer right. some of the big pictures to really blend
0: this in. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a question. This is gonna sound mm-hmm. weird. Um, did I did I use the idea that I had where it's like, hey, there are liches or there are individuals who age in both directions, like in cycles. So, like, they'll get really old and then they'll revert back to being really young and then they bounce back and forth in, like, a infinite loop. Did I use that idea or is that something mm-hmm. that I was, like, going to use as a faction, like, kept to myself?
1: I don't remember yeah. that from yeah. the last time.
2: Okay. Your chaos agents would be a candidate for that if that they yeah. were attempting to de-age them, but then maybe they go up and down kind of arbitrarily. That would be interesting because mm-hmm. now they're, like, changelings, you know, they can yeah. like kind of move between both oh, environments. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because what, by all of this rambling makes me think that perhaps the, the whale device we know sends about some sort of signal that manipulates the kids mm-hmm. in some ways because it's by some rogue military faction inside. But right. what if there is a purpose of it that they're not aware of? Like, for example, if the chaos agents know that if this oh, okay. were beamed on the whole world, it could, like, revert everyone's yeah. or do something yeah. like that. Sure, I mean. yeah.
0: and then And that's where we can talk about, like, the dueling machinations and the intent between the kind of war profiteers and the kind of tachyonic liches that we're dealing with, right? Like who is initially responsible for creating this thing and who has the real power or knows the real intent behind it, right? mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Let's put a pin in this for the time being because we have other questions and other factions we need to explore, right? So Courtney, why don't you hit us with your faction this time and then maybe we can reconcile all of this in the main storyline quest that we're going to get to later.
1: All right. Uh, again, I kind of struggled here almost because there were like so many options of where to go with the electromagnetic mm-hmm. spectrum and the powers and everything we established last time. So I ended up kind of throwing out the magic uh, for my, oh. for my faction. And I focused on the moms instead. Who gave I,
0: I knew you were going to yeah. do this. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: So yeah, I focused on the moms who give birth to these uh, magical kids. And last time we talked about how humanity is largely sterile. And so birth itself is a rare resource. And I mm-hmm. pretty much want freedom fighter moms who are sick of the possibly Handmaid's tail esque treatment they've received mm. and are kind of guerrilla fighters away from civilization trying to raise any kids they might have away from this military, keep them out of the war, and potentially stop the war itself.
0: That's fucking cool. <laughs> I like that a lot, actually. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a gynocracy going on or something like that, like the separate faction. Mm-hmm. No, that's really awesome. Like, because, yeah, I can totally see like a group of moms getting together and like, we can't we can't let this happen anymore. Like, right. hell yeah. no. Like, cannot let it happen. Le, Viva la resistance, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's awesome. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. And like one of the things we talked about last time, too, is the possibility that like the mothers themselves have a military rank.
2: along with like the the
1: caretakers of the kids and like how, even if that was the case, they'd still be kind of a victim to the the system as a whole. So like I could see like these captain or whatever level mothers eventually being like, wait a second, like there has to be a better way. This isn't, Mm -hmm. this isn't really what we envisioned for ourselves.
0: And if we look at like the kind of uh, war industrial complex as a whole, right? Like, we're not looking at it as though it's a skeleton that's built strong or anything like that. We can look at this thing as it's like leaky and porous. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're going to have like a group of mothers whose whole rank and job is like effectively creating, you know, like an underground of like, Hey, uh, yeah, let's get you over here. And then like, they smuggle them out and they can do it as Mm -hmm. best as they can, you know? And like, that is a really interesting thing. And it's like, God, God, the emotion I'm feeling just thinking about Mm -hmm. a woman who's in this resistance, whose job it is to pick which mother and which child goes out and gets away from this hellscape. Like the, the the pain, the guilt, all of that together. Like that's a, that's a strong character. If you ask me.
1: Yeah. And like last time, yeah, we were talking about like how it's probably like a larger group of kids to like one or two caretakers, one or two kind of overseer mother types. So it's like, they rarely ever actually get to interact with their own children. Mm. So like the idea of being able to actually do that, if you're, if you're able to get the freedom, I mean, of course the kids still can't communicate with their parents because of that mm. uh, language. True. Thing in the True. Yeah. But, but there's still like just the contact and like the touch and being around each other.
0: And not watching your children being used as a war yeah. weapon. Yeah. (laughs) I I think that's also, there's some value there as well, Courtney. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's good. Oh man.
2: It makes me think too, like this, this subset of mothers must be trying to preserve a perspective in society that is not common because, so for example, the prompt says that children are thought of as property, right? Mm -hmm. This would be a pervasive ideology. So I'm thinking the opposite of that ideology that children are not property, they're actually, um, you know, our offspring that must be thought of as people mm-hmm. must be a subversive sort of thing. So then these mothers mm-hmm. who are not beholden to the ideology must be operating in secret for one, like you're suggesting. Mm-hmm. But also, um, like, it makes you think of, for example, Children of Men. Um, yeah. And yeah. What's name? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that actress. for your name? Oh, um,
1: uh, Julianne Moore.
2: Yes. So her kind of, her attitude was somewhat defiant, but also she had to operate with mirrors and mm-hmm. she was like a secretive Um, Mm -hmm. Like I could see that kind of environment, but it's under the microscope of this whole military apparatus that the mothers operate. Yeah, Yeah.
1: there's also like we could go two different ways with that one of like, like you said, they recognize that children are people, too, and they should have rights and not just be used as mindless child soldiers. But on the other hand, it could be that the mothers see it as their property, not the military's property. So it's kind yeah. of like a we want to get away for our benefit, not necessarily our children's benefit.
2: Right. So I, oh, I don't know which
1: like I could see both things happening even I'm
2: more interested in that one, because I yeah. feel like the culture in order to get to the position that children are property for our culture. Yeah. Like you have to go a long distance. Right. So I mm-hmm. wonder if like the closest we can get to seeing them as people is. They are to be groomed to a certain purpose. That's not for the general military. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. I'm going to ask why not both, right? Like Mm -hmm. why
0: not leave it up to like, why not leave it up to the moms themselves once they get out of this society, you know, once they get underground, it's kind of up to them. And I, I like the, I like the conflict that is there if we allow both to exist.
1: Yeah. Cause like that could be a fracture point within this faction itself. Yeah. And that in turn causes danger to the faction because if mm-hmm. they're splintering, then that makes them more of a potential target of the state.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And then, and then of course you get like cells, right? Like yeah. it's not, it's not like a massive organization. They're like cells of these people. And then, you know, you meet one and you think, Oh, all of them are like very caring and loving. And then you meet the other and it's like, no, uh, they were trying to take my property away and it's mm-hmm. my right to use this property as I see fit. Exactly. Right? Like, yep. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, come and take it. But instead of a gun, it's a child, you know, like that's, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from my cold dead wombs. <laughs> uh, oh my god anyway, on that note uh, Daniel, yeah, Daniel, Daniel tell us all about your womb related faction that you've got lined up for us
2: I was just thinking about um the instructors who are between the mothers and the children the ones that are we had to establish kids that were mm-hmm. sort of their instructors and so I was they were going to call them the tutors Um and they might be the not failed versions of the chaos agent experiment that you're talking about that they weren't at the age and they probably weren't part of that project but they're either kids that are the current instructors who can communicate but they're on the verge of losing their power or they're um former kids in the military who have survived but have lost their power and now their new designation is to train the kids since Mm -hmm. they understand they the most recent to understand them
0: I see. Like first of all, Daniel, love the idea, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Right. I I can see like because if we're looking at this thing like an apparatus, right? Like these these children are effectively like Gestapo or like Hitler Youth, right? right? Then right. why not have like oh yeah, we tried to find the most loyal ones and then turn them into my faction. But like the baseline created yes. is your faction. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like yeah. they might
2: pluck certain ones for that experiment to bring them back to their youth. Yes, mm-hmm. you know? exactly. Yeah. But they're like, I'm thinking this is the most standard um, tutor that is meant to train the others, you know?
0: Yeah, we were
2: definitely on the same wavelength mm-hmm. there, Daniel, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So they have to have a great discipline, but also they have a more recent understanding of how the kids think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It, it, yeah. Because I, I'm I'm kind of in agreement with you, Daniel, that if there is this kind of like dichotomy or this kind of structure that exists between like children and adults, like there needs to be some kind of like way that the adults are attempting to take control. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that through other children, you know, like I was thinking of like Salo, I was also thinking of like, uh oh, what's her name? Uh, the she bitch of the SS. Do you know that movie? Anyone? Ilsa. It
1: sounds, it sounds familiar. Yeah. Ilsa,
0: yeah. 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 So, so it's, it's stuff like that where it's like, you need someone who's going to be in control, who's not going to be like necessarily in the military, right? Just mm-hmm. just an edifice of that power, right? Yeah.
1: I could see, um, Daniel, your faction and mine being kind of strongly opposed. Like yes. yours mm-hmm. ends up being the most dangerous thing to mine because mm-hmm. they're the ones kind of constantly around and keeping an eye on things. And because they've already proven themselves as like ultra loyal to the state, mm-hmm. they have no qualms with, uh, even turning in their own mother for exactly. subordination.
2: Yeah. And it for them, we yeah. established in the first episode there's tension between them because there's mm-hmm. the mother who probably has some baseline human interest in their child, even if probably. they deny it. And, yeah. and the tutor is far more removed and has already mm-hmm. been indoctrinated, you know?
1: Yeah. Very
0: cool. Yeah. Okay. So we've got, yeah, we've got a lot of interesting baselines. One question I do kind of want to come back to though, we've reconciled, right. We're feeling good about the reconciliations and we're feeling Mm -hmm. good about the factions, right. We're both good. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to go back to a question that Daniel raised earlier in that. What is this war actually about? Right. Like I do see kind of value in seeing a 1984 style, you know, the war never ends because they need to maintain control type of thing. Right. I can see that as a possibility. Mm -hmm. I can also see it as a genuine war, but the thing about war is that it's got to end eventually, right? Like it, there's no such thing as perpetual war because it's exhausting and it, like, it's really destabilizing to populations. So I would like to answer that question if we can.
1: Yeah, especially with the sterility issue. Um, yeah. And like, what, what are the sides of this war? We still haven't really mm-hmm. figured that out because we have like the Lich Council who's kind of right. making it, continue in the military industrial complex that wants it to continue for for their own benefit But like what are the different sides in the war itself
0: right what are the pristine sides or what's the propaganda Mm -hmm. side to it right like yeah
1: perhaps i'm
2: wondering i'm wondering if maybe we can not answer the question but in a clever way so consider this right suppose there was a war that had a legitimate purpose a long time ago and in the process of that war, the trigger of, uh, MAD, you know, mutual dis- destruction was launched. So everyone was launching nuclear mm-hmm. weapons at each other and we were facing total apocalypse, but the use of these weapons and those time bombs froze those bombs. And so the war really is a cold war to not let those time bombs go off because it will kill everyone. Uh,
0: okay, can we also have it be like a race against time? Like those bombs will eventually go off. They're just not, mm-hmm. they're not in stasis. They're in incredibly slow moving time.
2: Yeah, or, or I mean, it'd be like splitting hairs. Like either, either it's right. like they're kind of, they're of time frozen right but it's it can't go on forever right it can't forever sure. be in stasis yeah. so these machinations are between whatever countries there are they've long forgotten their beef with each other and they probably you know they're nation states they're always plotting against each other right, but the, right. the impetus to throw nuclear weapons at each other is long ago over now at this point it's a matter of how do we keep these things from exploding on each other
0: yeah, yeah. I like that the impetus is over because they've already launched the nuclear yes. weapons Yeah,
2: yeah they know they're all fucked already
0: Right, yeah. it, which I love as a concept like that's so good yeah 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 okay i
2: think that pleads into the geriatric children because they have a longing to go back right sort of yeah and um the military has to function otherwise the whole world Mm -hmm. will end that's how they view themselves you know Mm
0: -hmm. and the the liches themselves are effectively immortal so Mm
1: -hmm. you know
0: you'd never want to reign over a pile of ash right like you want to have a kingdom to rule over and so that's the incentive there as well you Mm -hmm. know to like find a way to get around this oncoming apocalypse that, you know, they basically started.
2: Mm -hmm. And that that radiation from maybe the countermeasure of blocking everything in time, which is what Mm -hmm. created the children originally. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know the order of things, but it seems that like, you know, the population becoming sterile and then living longer, it's all a consequence of trying to keep bombs from going off, you know? Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe the whale then is the solution that they've come up with.
2: I mean, I have a name for it already. Oh, Daniel, it? no, you don't. <laughs> I Stop sure do. It. You don't. No, I and don't, don't want to hear it. And it I can make sense. It. it can make sense in a Star Trek sense.
1: I'm very curious.
0: I don't want to
2: hear it, Daniel. <laughs> it even uses the word tachyon in it, and there's not even oh a my God. word. How? <laughs> this, this, this is the acronym. There's multiple ways to say tachyon. And I have <laughs> one of those words that works with this.
1: All right, what is it? What
2: is it? It is a weakly interacting Hadron anti-telephone and long distance electrometer.
1: Uh, I forgot about the anti-telephone thing. Mm-hmm.
2: So my reasoning here, and you know, this is just pop physics, but weakly interacting Hadron sometimes can be like a, a, or Hadron can be a candidate for like of um, dark matter or some weakly interacting particle. Mm-hmm. Anti-telephone refers to tachyonic things. So yeah. Mm-hmm. time. And then long distance electrometer. Electrometer just measures voltage, but hey, why not? So, Might as well. <laughs> a, giant, a giant version of that. So, weakly interacting hadron, anti telephone, and long distance electrometer.
0: Can I can I express to you how dumb I am? Can I can I just oh. reveal to you how truly dumb I am as a human? When you said weekly, I thought you meant temporal week, oh, as in like week,
2: week, week by week. Yeah, yeah I, I, I did.
0: There. I did too at first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Weak as in it interacts weekly with other particles.
0: No, before. no, no. That that makes a lot more sense. But I definitely <laughs> thought you were like, wait, so this shit happens every week. Uh, no. <laughs> that is how dumb I am. Oh. So yeah, I'm glad.
2: Yeah. That we went over that. You're
0: you're not alone. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad. (laughs) They're called wimps.
2: Weekly interacting. um, So they're wimpy whales is what I'm hearing. Wimp (laughs) whales. Massive particles. Weekly interacting. All right.
0: All right. All right. So we've got the whole setup. We've got to bring it all home. What's the main storyline here? And how are we integrating all of the factions that we've come up with thus far?
1: Like, would it be a squadron that's like tasked with somehow diffusing these bombs um or is it like a rebel group that's trying to end the war and maybe they aren't aware of what's at stake if it were to end
0: i think it's definitely going to be whale whatever it is it's got to be whale related like <laughs> yeah daniel's acronym can't be just like used in vain here right it's got to be it's got to be used in some oh yeah definitely
1: i imagine that one of their goals is to activate the space whale and do something Mm -hmm. with it Mm -hmm.
2: i like the second option that there is a faction trying to end the war for good reasons but they're unaware that the war continues because the whole world will end if it ends yeah
1: Yeah. so how does how does that work though like how does the war itself keep these bombs from going off? Is it like the constant use of magic yes. energy around them? Okay. It
0: creates like a big buffer shield. Okay. You know, okay. Like,
1: and, and like it kind of
0: it kind of builds to the point that I was trying to get at earlier where it's like if it's an incredibly slow moving, like annihilating explosion, then mm-hmm. the constant use of the tachyons is the it's the only thing creating what is effectively like an ozone
2: around mm-hmm. the world itself. Okay. Right. Yeah, I think there's a, it's those two factors together. It's like yeah. continually dropping time bombs, right, will help mm-hmm. keep the individual warheads intact, right? But I bet also, in order to continue to drop time bombs, you have to keep the apparatus of war in place, which means money, yeah. right, political influence, gathering resources, which means you have to mm-hmm. keep the military going and, and interested and invested, and all the countries invested in the war. So I think yeah. it's as much a political effort as it is literally having to drop the bombs as well, <laughs> the mm-hmm. time bombs i've i've got to, i've gotta admit I was not expecting
0: this prompt to be as filled with intrigue as it is right <laughs> yeah. it's it yeah. like remarkably complex in terms of like what's actually going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes mm-hmm. because if you were to run this as a game right if this is a main storyline quest, it's like the propaganda is going to be it's time to end the war, let's go fight the you know like whatever
2: made up countries there are yeah, yeah it's like
0: whatever <laughs> bad word they use for their enemy yeah. right and then you know like obviously you are gonna have a bunch of young kids and like a bunch of older people doing their diligence doing their work to try and have children and then you know you watch this squadron of literal children uh you know kind of like run through time bombs and it's like imagine imagine if they tried to shoot saving private ryan but with all children cast like <laughs> that's kind of what i have in my head right now right
2: so if we're putting the pieces on the table then we've got um some kind of faction that is naively trying to overturn things it sounds like (laughs) all one of our options for that the two options the moms who have broken away or the chaos agents maybe both um we we also have gerontocracy that wants to keep things as they are so Mm -hmm. they're the obvious enemy but not the real one Um, And then we have tutors, they're the actual operators, but they're not necessarily conniving. They're just part of the machine, Mm -hmm. right? That's the main players. Okay.
0: Tell me if you think this is an interesting concept, right? Can we have it so the tutors are like the main characters in this whole situation? Oh. I, think, I think looking at this whole thing through their lens is probably the most interesting or unique perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you look at it from anywhere else, you see the whole machinery as it is, like the whole apparatus as it is. And then if you this way, if you start with the tutors, then you kind of get a very narrow focus. And I think that narratively, that's a lot more interesting to me to kind of focus on
2: what if there's a tutor task with finding a chaos agent sorry Corey Oh I
1: no, I was gonna say um yeah I I do like the idea of focusing on the tutors it kind of makes me think of like computer games like Fallout where you start in a enclosed mm-hmm. vault and yeah. you haven't really seen what's outside um you know if you're playing a tutor in whether it's a video game or an RPG like you start maybe noticing things that seem off about certain people, things. and yeah, yeah, and like maybe it's kind of left up to you. Like, do you you know turn them in to the secret police, mm-hmm. or do you yes, like exactly ask for more and like look more into it? Um, and that could be a really cool way of like learning more about the world and yeah. what's actually mm-hmm. out there.
2: And the chaos agents can be tempters too.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I
0: mean, if you're writing this as a series of novels, like you have a very clear progression of like knowledge and understanding of like you know you start out in the vault right as you're mm-hmm. kind of alluding to here and then like with each subsequent book you unveil another layer of the political intrigue that's going on until yeah. so you're eventually like self actualized enough where you can understand what's truly happening and then by that point you're old enough to where your magic doesn't work anymore and so you're burdened with the the principal characters like burdened with this guilt of being unable to express what's going on to the children themselves
1: Yeah. And there's also like the more that you learn, like you, you start being this like heroic, rebellious figure. You're trying to end the war. You're trying to save all these lives and like save the mothers and free people. And then you find out that like, well, if we stop the war, then like all of these tachyonic bombs are going to go off. And what's going to happen then? Like what, what could possibly happen that's good as a result of that? Yeah. What is the, the, um,
2: we said that the whale device, Courtney, you had suggested that there's some kind of, I don't know, waves that are sent out that they're using for this. So what is it? What was it for?
1: Yeah, going back to my reconciliation of the twist mm-hmm. was that like a kid or group of kids had figured out about the whole council thing. And like we're trying to indirectly um, send radio waves as telepathy towards them oh. to like sway them to not be fighting this war anymore. Oh, to
2: communicate mm-hmm. with the old like, yeah.
1: Yeah, but like make it seem like they're just having these thoughts in their head rather than like direct oh. communication.
2: It's like psychic warfare. Right, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I mean, yeah, I think there was also this bit about like sending stuff back in time, right? It's like or or they were kind of like their own progenitor, I think is what we had as an idea at some point too.
1: I think that was with the council last time we talked about how maybe okay, yeah. since they can travel in time, like maybe they were almost behind some of this in the first place. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting that mixed up. Yeah.
1: Okay. But yeah, we could bring back the uh, my reconciliation about those kids with the radio wave telepathy. So I feel like that's yeah.
2: connected to the whale. So I also think we yeah, know like the whale agree. device was originally an instrument of the military like kind of mm-hmm. like a Star Wars sort of thing, but yeah. but it, I feel like it has a <laughs> secondary purpose, you know, that that children are yeah. using or aware of.
0: We're doing a Star Wars, y'all. Oh. We're doing <laughs> a- oh, okay. I mean,
2: maybe maybe it's okay because we have all these time bombs, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're guarding a nuclear holocaust. Um, perhaps this satellite, really, what it does is it monitors the levels of timeness to keep things in place, like from a global mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it's a, a massive communication system. So, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's the way they make sure everything stays in stasis.
1: And oh, disrupting interesting. Yeah. that
2: could be a problem because now you won't know mm-hmm. and maybe it'll fuck up the way that the time uh, bombs function. Uh,
1: yeah. Sadly, this makes me think of uh, Westworld in the... Oh, really? In, like, later seasons, there's spoilers for this series. Oh, when it's it bad? When it sucking. gets bad? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, like, some kind of ultra-supercomputer that was basically, like it predicted everything it controlled everything in the world wow. um wow that does sound like dog shit yeah it was pretty bad but i think i think ours is, is much cooler yeah, <laughs> yeah I, think, I
2: think ours is not less of a control. more as a monitor you know it's yeah. not even controlling yeah. the time bombs but it's giving feedback as to like right. oh this one's about to go we need to build right. back up or something right
0: like that. So, so it's effectively it's kind of like an iss as well right like where it's an international space station or mm-hmm. effectively something that's used by all the the players in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what I think is really interesting as well is that it can be seen as a weapon, right? The propaganda yeah. says that it is a weapon, whether it be like, hey, that's our weapon or the enemy's weapon, uh, right? Yeah. Like, oh, 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 oh. You could very easily have it be like, that is, you know, like the propaganda says that is the weapon that we need to take down. Mm-hmm. And then you see who's actually behind like the takedown, whether it be people who are truly apocalyptic or people who are true believers. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can do with it there. Right. Yeah. yeah
1: I love the idea that it's part of the Cold War propaganda of like. Watch out, guys. The other side has the super weapon. We gotta keep fighting. And like all the different sides are saying that exact same thing. They they all
2: use it. Like they all (laughs) the geriatric council knows they all rely on it, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: All right. I, I feel like we've we've come to a good stopping point, right? We've got so many possibilities, so many potentialities. It's fun. It's fun as hell. So a big thank you to Glue Axe for this particular prompt. And uh, again, two-parter, had a great time. Uh, Remember that if you want us to build your world, like we did with the Glue Axes today, then you can always go to our website and submit a prompt. Yes, you can, in fact, submit a prompt, and we will build it within a reasonable amount of time. We're also on YouTube. If you want to go and support us there, you can do it by subscribing and doing all those things. We're on YouTube over world build with us. Simple as that. We're on Twitter at let's world build. We've got a discord. If you want to come chat with us directly or tell us how we fucked up. Oh, I don't know. Like the time stuff or the science or the magic. It's magic y'all. It's fine. It's good. Anyway, you can also, if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always give us money over on Patreon where you get access to sweet, sweet patron only goodies, including too hot for broadcast the aphid lounge, two episodes instead of one for your prompts and a patron-only Discord channel. So if you're interested in any of that or you just want to thank us for all of the years of podcasting, you can go and do that on Patreon. With all of that out the way, that's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that we love you very much. We're going to get through this together. Until next week.